Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Hey, uh, we are, uh, we just finished up a series and jumping back in. And last week, uh, I talked about that we were going to uh, jump into the, uh, a series around holiness. But before we get going, I, I just, I like to remind people a little bit of what, what we're about here, because it's, I think it's important to know that here, what God has called us to is to learn to love and live like Jesus. The basic uh, foundation of what we want to do is be disciples and be more like Christ. How we do that is a relationship with God, a relationship with one another, and then telling our grace stories. Each one of you has a story that needs to be told, that God is calling you to tell at some point, and we believe that that's what God has called us to. And why do we believe? We believe God is a relational God and that, that we represent Him in all that we do. So I say this a lot, but uh, I, I'll continue to say it, and uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about this, this next series. Now, it is a, uh, a takeoff from a, uh, a message I preached two years ago, but there's some messages that I think you just got to keep preaching and, and grabbing a hold of, and, and it's around this. Who's eating your fruit? Who's eating the fruit that flows from your life? It's, it's actually a pretty profound question if you'll stop and think about it. Because the reality is this. Someone is eating the fruit off your life. Now, let's look at that. Fruit can be real sweet, juicy, and good. Or fruit can be real sour, bruised, and bad. And, and what are they eating? Jesus says this. He sends us out. He says, you do not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and what? Okay, fruit that will. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So we're talking about this, this fruit that comes forth from our lives. And Jesus says to each one of us, I've called you to bear fruit, fruit that will last. There's something that I'm calling you to put out there for people to eat upon, to take a bite out of, to snack on to nourish, to do all the things that, that it does. Now, the truth of the matter is this. The church, there's not a lot of healthy fruit in many ways. The truth of the matter is this. As I was looking at a study, Barna said this. Two studies conducted by both Barna and the USA Today found that nearly 75% of Christian young people fall away from their faith and leave the church after high school. One of the key reasons is they do so is intellectual skepticism skeptic of the church. I don't know if anybody, did anybody see the Kenneth Copeland video from Inside Edition this week? 
Look it up. It's quite humorous. I, don't, I, won't, I won't go into it. But he's trying to justify why he has $50 million planes and why Jesus has called him to have a 50. And he may have. So God bless him. If anybody would like to buy me a $50 million plane, I will receive with all joy and I will walk with Kenneth Copeland. So I'm all right with that. So, but but the, the skepti- intellectual skepticism, skepticism that we see from our children. The second thing we see is a fuller study determined that the most important factor in whether young people leave the church or remain steadfast in their faith is whether they have a safe haven to express, this is really interesting, to express their doubts and concerns regarding their faith before leaving home. Such a refuge is found in two places, their home and their church or youth ministry. What does that mean? It means this, the days of this dogmatic, this is the way that it goes, and we tell our children, you go to church, and you have to go to church because of this, and Jesus is the, the only way, even though I know it's the only way, but you're gonna, th- those days of just going, don't question Jesus, just do what I say because I said, are over for our kids. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, when I grew up, I, I, you know, it's like, just, yes, sir, I'm going to church. <laughs> um, I, I just did now. With my kids, there's, there's a wrestling. All, all of my older kids, McKenna, Jack, T- Hudson, TJ, have all had this wrestling with Jesus. In fact, Hudson at one point said, I, don't know, I just got to go to church because you're a pastor and blah, 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 you know, and all. I don't believe in this Jesus guy, you know, all this. Sorry, I'm throwing you under the bus, honey. Um, and I'm like, no, 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 you don't have to go to church because of that. You got to go to church because that's what we do as a family. Even if you don't believe in this Jesus guy. That's what we do as a family. So free an hour and a half, you're going to go to church. Unless there's a hockey game. Um, that's, uh, <laughs> that's terrible caveat, isn't it? That's so sinner. Um, they, but that, you know, that whole, that whole, you're going to believe what I tell you to believe and you're going to believe it until the end. It's blown up in our kids. We've got to allow them to wrestle, to, 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 to grab a hold of the concept of God. And, and it's got to be their own faith. It can't be your faith. Or it won't stick and last. See, the reality is this. We're all broken. Every one of you is broken. I am more broken today than I was last Sunday. Because I don't have a gallbladder. <laughs> We're all broken people. But, but God in his, his, his power and wisdom gives us a promise to heal us. There's a physical healing that's taking place in my body right now. But there's a spiritual healing that's even more important. He says this in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. See, there, there's a metaphor here. He's talking to a community that was, was a, 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 a farming community. They would understand the healing of the land and how important it was. But it's twofold prophetically. It's the natural, the land that needs to be turned and healed. But there's a land, a spiritual soil that's inside of you and me that God wants to heal. I'll heal their land. For many of you in here today, God's saying, I want to heal your land. Let me heal your land. Let me heal what's in your soul. Let me heal what's in your spirit. Now, there, there, I started looking at, 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 at you know, uh, farming and all that, that stuff because 
when he's talking about this, he's talking about this, this crop rotation, what it means. So when I heal the land, there's the farming aspect of, of turning soil, these things that I found, that land becomes tired. When you work it too much, it becomes tired, and you've got you've to turn it. It becomes less fertile. And this is because of the same type of crops that are planted repeatedly in the same area keeps draining the land of its nutrients needed to grow those plants. So they plant them in the same place, and the nutrients that are needed are sucking all the nutrients out of the ground. And it's not fertile anymore. Certain pesticides they become resilient to. They can, le- they can reach levels that are hard to control, and they learn to make a home near the field that always has the same type of crop. The land erodes just from time after time. That's in the natural, what God is saying, I can restore your land. But there's a spiritual side that you and I need a restoring in. The land becomes tired. What does that mean? So for many of us, it's chasing happiness. And it's insatiable, and we don't reach it, we don't get it, so we're tired and, and, and worked. The land in our lives, our spiritual, becomes less fertile. It becomes hopeless. And in the same way, this is because the same type of crop, TV, addictions, music. You seriously just took a big bite of a donut right in the middle. You are a one of a kind. Front row with a donut. Please have coffee and donuts. I love it. It is, it is wonderful. Just threw me there. This is because the same type of crop, crops that we are sowing, TV, addictions, music people, planted repeatedly in the same areas of our life, keep draining the land of the same nutrients needed for the plants to grow. When you, you're consumed by your addictions, by your, your television, what you watch and news and all that, when you're consumed by the wrong people, it literally makes your soil for God less fertile. It sucks the nutrients out. Certain pesticides... We are less resilient to temptation. They, or sin, can reach levels that are hard to control when they learn to make a home near a field that always has the same type of crop. And we have these pet sins that we like to hold on to. And and they become less and less resilient to temptation. In other words, we we, we fall into that temptation because there's not the resiliency of the soul and the land that God has planted in us. And lastly, it erodes. There's no foundation. When the same type of crop is planted in our lives. The reason that Christian life is tired, uh, lifeless, or less fertile and resilient and erodes, you're confused about your purpose. Maybe you don't know who you are. You lack spiritual passion. You're extremely frustrated. You're drawn back towards old bondages, old sins, old relationships, old addictions. You question Jesus. You're exhausted all the time. Anybody exhausted all the time? You question your faith, or maybe you're just plain living in sin. So why? Jesus says this. This is why the soul, your crop in your soul, is tired. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can I bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, These five remains that he does in John 15. And and this, this last, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know the problem with that? You don't believe it. 
We don't believe it. I think I can do whatever I can do. But, but this is, is what it looks like. I've got my, my trees over here. If anybody thinks they're going to be able to pull these back to life after I get done with them, you're full of it. You don't know what you're, you're, there's no way it's going to happen. I'll, I challenge you to try. But, but he, here's what it looks like. If the church looks much like this, it's, it's, it is this, this church that has really um, just kind of, this is a good trim job, a church that has, has cut off the branches. It looks a lot like that in many ways, the church. And the Christians that were attached to the church, they kind of go do their own things. They don't remain in the vine. And they go off in their own Christian walks. And there's no fruit that comes forth. Or if there is fruit that comes forth, it looks a little bit like that. It, it, it feels a little bit like, have you ever felt a, a soft orange? Have you ever ate a soft orange? No, you don't want to eat that one? Why not? Why doesn't anybody want to eat that? It, it, that, is, that is the church in many ways, I'm generalizing, is, is this. A bunch of Christians that are detached from Jesus, that make these, these proclamations of Jesus, but have absolutely no power, and the fruit in their life is just rotten to the core. We make these grand statements of Jesus and come to church twice a month and tip God, my favorite line, and go, you're the best, Jesus. And Jesus says, you can do nothing. And in your mind, because maybe you have money, maybe your marriage is doing well right now, maybe your kids aren't the ones like mine that, that have to wrestle through you know, their relationship with God, maybe all these things, you say, I, don't I can do whatever I want, I don't need Jesus to do this. Well, let me tell you this, it comes full circle, because at the end of the day, the Bible says this in Hebrews, that it's stand, appointed for every man to die and stand before Jesus. And they're going to have to give an account. And you're going to have to give an account, I'm going to have to give an account of what I did, and who he is. And we have Christians that are walking around detached from him. And the world goes, nah, I don't really want any of that. Our children go, I'm not sure I want to eat that fruit. And Jesus says, remain in me. Remain in me. See, Jesus wants to heal your land and mine. He wants to heal the emotional distresses in your life. He wants to heal the emotional abuses that have come forth in your life. He wants to heal those places that have, have, have just been rocked emotionally. I was talking to Ben and, and uh, we got some hockey people here today, and we were talking about uh, a guy that I know that is a phenomenal hockey player who, you know, lives back East and, and won Stanley Cups, just, a, a, just an, an, an amazing hockey player, but an emotional wreck because his father used to put him in a closet when he didn't score a goal. I, I, now, we, Ben and I, we can't laugh about it now. We're like, well, he, look, he's in the NHL. It must have worked. I, I don't know that that... <laughs> you're going to be in life a lot longer than you're going to be in the NHL if you, by some chance, make it to the NHL or any professional league. But literally, the scars of, of, of a father, the emotional scars of a father saying, well, if you don't prove yourself in the ice and score a goal, I'm not approving of you. There's these emotional things in each one of our lives that God goes, I want to heal that land. I want to heal that land. I want to bring nutrients to it. I want to, I want to take that pain away. There's physical 
pains that God wants to heal. There's emotional pains that God wants to heal. There's spiritual pains that God wants to heal. When we see that guy on TV and that preacher talking about the $40 million jet and it just pains us and there's spiritual scars because we go, we're not going to be like that. I won't follow a God who allow a guy to do that. And it's not true. That's not Jesus. And we see the failures of Christians. We go, I can't follow a God with a guy like John, the goes up there and preaches, and I heard him cuss at hockey the other night. I can't follow this guy. There's spiritual security that God brings when he heals your land. And then it becomes about this, Jesus and not someone else. The excuses of someone's life as opposed to Jesus. See, Jesus wants to heal. He wants to heal your land. He wants to heal my land. Why? You did not choose me. But I chose you, what did we say? And appointed you so that you might go bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. He, he said this, Jeremiah, I, I, I cre- when were you born? 89. 1989, I, I, I dropped you into this place so that you would bear fruit and people would eat off it. People's lives would be changed. He said, to each one of us, I created you with purpose. It's not about you, but it's about you. Fruit. What does that really look like in our lives? A real quick look at two, two things in fruit. What's growing in and out of us and who's eating it? Two of the key questions. What's coming out of you? And who, who's eating it? Now, the, the, the base of, of this is in Galatians. We, we love the fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's, that, that is, just, that is this, this, this planter here that, look, obviously, you know, I pinned those on there, okay? Just work with me here, people. Um, this is not an apple tree. But it's, it's this... This fruit that just pops out of our, our lives. When, 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 when love comes across, when joy comes out of someone, when peace comes out, when kindness comes out, and people go, I, I just want to eat that. I want a piece of that. Have you ever met that person? They're like so full of joy. You just want to grab a piece of that joy that's in their lives and you just want to take a bite of it. Have you ever met that person that just in, had the just crazy story in their life? And they should be the most angry, hardened jerks you ever met. And there's just love and forgiveness. You go, I just, I just, I want to eat it. I, I want joy and peace in my life. I want forgiveness in my life. Have you ever met that, 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 that person who was just so kind? They're just, oh, you got, man, no one can be that kind. Can't be. Sorry. Can't swallow it, Nia. And you just wanna you just wanna pick that that kindness off their life. The gentleness, self-control, each one of them. There's there's fruits that when we remain, look, the fruit tree here. All the people that remain in Christ, remain in me. There's fruit that comes forth, but it's only when I remain in Christ Jesus can I can I produce a fruit that's worth eating. 
if I don't remain in him, if I don't remain in this word, if I don't eat this word, if I don't get on my knees and pray, if I don't interact and put people around me who, who know me and, and keep me in check and, and all of those things, if I don't cry out to God and, 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 and ask and, and seek God and, and remain in that vine, and my fruit looks a little bit more like that. Have you ever ate a bad banana? See, people eat the fruit of our words. The Bible says, let your speech always be gracious, seasons with salt, so that you may know, uh, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. There's, when, when you speak, your words carry this, 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 this power that you don't realize. There's fruit. There's fruit. See, people eat the fruit of what, you, of what they see. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. There are people that are watching you, and they're watching what you do. They don't care about your words. They don't hear your words. They're, 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 they're tactical, and they're learning, and they, they just, they're watching you to see how you respond to a situation. They're watching to see how you respond to your wife to your friends, to financial difficulties, to life's adversaries, to life's bumps, all those things. And they're looking and they're watching. People that are eating the fruit of helping others. First John says this, if anyone is the world's good and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God love and abide in him? How, how, how do you walk by that person that's hurting? How, how do you walk by the family that, that's in need? You know how you do it? You disconnect from God. Do you know, how you, you know how you walk by the hurting? You disconnect from the vine. See, because when you're disconnected from the vine, you don't see with godly eyes. When you disconnect from the vine, you don't feel with the heart of Jesus. That's why five times in this short passage, Jesus remain in me, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. Because it's, it's, it's with this remaining in Jesus that you start to see, you start to taste, you start to smell, you start to feel the, the weight of others. Eating the fruit of unconditional love. People want to eat the fruit of unconditional love. You know why? Because love is conditional. The only one who truly loves unconditionally is God. Is Jesus, the Holy Spirit. It's, it, see, love is not what, what Jesus does. It's who he is. So you see, so there's, there's no gap. For you and me, there's gaps. When you say, I love you, there's gaps. Some of you say, I love you, and there's bigger gaps and smaller gaps. My goal is the gap between me saying I love my wife and me truly love her. My gap is getting, hopefully it's real tight, not out here. The gap between when I say I love you, this church, I, I hope the gap is real tight. That unconditional love is this. It's an, I'm, I love you regardless. It's, it's what we, we try to tell our children, that you can make mistakes, that you do make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. We're going to love you regardless. You know why? Because that's how Jesus loves me. That's how God loves me, unconditionally. 
unconditionally. And, and, and there's this group of people out there that, that are hurting because the church that is detached from the vine, the church that is detached from the vine, <laughs> says, you know what, because you're fill in the blank, I can't love you. And we hold up signs that say, God hates you. And we hold up signs that say, you're going to hell. Jesus says, remain in me and love them. Give them a chance to take a bite. See, because here, here's the deal. When I remain in Jesus and, and there's godly fruit coming out, it's not me. And, and, and when someone comes and takes a bite out of maybe my kindness, my forgiveness, whatever it is, I, it's, just, it's, it's, it's nutrition and sweet to their soul. And it brings hope. And we have this judgmental church. Now, let me be real careful here because I, I think as Christians, we've got to make clear judgments, but I'm not talking about self-righteousness. I'm talking about loving unconditionally. That's what the church is supposed to do. Second thing, who's eating? Who's eating your fruit? Have you, have you really thought about that? Who's, who's taking a bite out of this, out of your life? Who's, who's eating the fruit? This is who's eating your fruit. I sat there for about, I know, it's just, just overwhelming. <laughs> I sat there for 45 minutes, 20 minutes this morning. Just, I probably didn't spell everything right, but I, these are all the people that I thought that, that have at one point or are or are, are eating fruit in my life. I mean, and I highlighted a couple, my wife. My wife, uh, let me just say, the fruit that she got to eat this week looked a lot more like this. God bless you. It was mean as a snake. I was ticked off. I was mad at the world. I couldn't take any pain pills. I, I, I just so, I just, the fruit that, that was, it was just bitter. I, I, my kids... They had to deal with that and, and just, and, and, and here's, the, here's what I know. When I'm not in sync with God, when I'm not attached to the vine like this, the fruit that comes forth in, in my life to my children is, is sour. When I'm, when I'm attached to, to, to the vine, there's a sweeter fruit that they can taste. The male lady, if that's highlighted. We got a male lady. That, that's so absurd. Really, the male lady? Great, just, she's there every day. And I take water out to her. I say hi to her. I stop to, to specifically acknowledge her. I, I don't know what she, you know, just kindness. Kindness. Look, the, the, the guy you never met at the church you guest preached at. That, that's, a, that is, that, I mean, Eddie is a result of, of fruit. I was preaching a message just like this. Sitting in a church that wasn't our church. I, this is terrible. I was pilfering people from other churches. I was, I was at the other church preaching, and, and he just started eating the fruit, and, and God just called our, this relationship together. Working at the airport, Hudson, you'll attest to this one. Gosh, the girl at the airport. You remember this, Huddy? Yeah, he gets so mad at me when we go traveling. I'm not a good airport traveler. 
I'm just terrible. So I, when I go up to check in and it's 5.30 in the morning, I'm not in a good mood. Bad fruit. Hadn't just connected with Jesus yet because it's 5.00. They're terrible excuses. And this girl needs to serve me. Come on, seriously? You guys, thought, that's not funny. <laughs> Thank you. And she was so, and time and time again, I get these girls that are, are people that are working at the counters that are completely useless. And I, and I have no grace for them, and I'm just feeding them rotten bananas, and who's your boss, and let me talk to them, and, 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 you know, just going off to which every time Hudson gets embarrassed and walks away, you're so bad, Dad. I mean, blah, 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 and then just like, ah, they're eating fruit. I don't know if they would ever know I'm a preacher. Hopefully not. <laughs> they're still eating fruit. Let's take it conversely. Maybe, maybe kindness and grace is something they eat upon that sets the table for the next guy or girl, one of you guys, to come along who's just so much kinder to preach the gospel. I don't know. The cashier at Arco. I, I love the guy at Arco. The coffee, the, it just, it, it, I mean, seven, eight years of going in there. I, I kind of shifted to the donut lady lately, but... The, um, seven, eight years of going in there and just, uh, you know, five, five thirty in the morning and just having these, and I just, I would just feed him. And I told you guys this, this Carlos is his name. And, uh, Carlos, uh, about two years ago ended up getting saved. I know, I don't know how much I had to do with it other than every, just about every day I'm in there feeding him, telling him about Jesus. I got to a point with him because years in, what do you do? Preacher. And then I walk in, hey, preacher man, what about this? And we have these conversations. Carlos gets saved. I know God used me on some level with this guy. The atheist surfer, my buddy who's an atheist. I'm just, I love him. He was, he was at the hospital. When I was in the hospital, he's an x-ray tech. He was there and saw me. Just, I love this, this, this man. The fan in the stands when I had fans. You know? <laughs> I had to throw that in there. But, but you know, I, I always thought, okay, so, you know, I had the token scripture on the back of my helmet, whatever. But when they'd send fan mail, I'd, I'd, I did a card that just had the, uh, the story of Jesus on it. And I'd send that back with with it signed, and I don't know. Maybe they could eat the fruit of it. Howard Stern. Uh, did you just say, uh, that? See, that's the guy that's not connected to the vine. Right there. Gosh. I, okay, I, I, look, I'll, I'll, I, now that I'm here, i got to confess. Yes. I, I, here's what, I, let me clarify. I listened to his interviews. I think he's a brilliant interviewer, and he gets some top-notch guests. But he, it's really interesting. So he was talking to Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin this week. This week, I don't know. It was a, it was, I think it was a rerun or whatever, but talking to them. And, and, and he's done this probably in a handful of interviews. He's getting older. He's 65 or 60-whatever. 60 he's got more money. He knows what to do with but he said, is there an afterlife? Do you guys think there's an afterlife? And he does it in this way. He, he's, he's like, do you think I want to know something? Is there an afterlife? So I put him in there because I do, I pray for him. I know that. I'm not justifying what you guys think I'm sinning, all you detached from Jesus people. I, that's, that's, I, but I, I have this heart for this man who has had everything but has nothing. 
the firemen. The, the, the firemen that, that uh, yeah, the firemen. I'll leave it at the firemen. But just the, the kindness out of his heart, finding out he was a Christian, that, that I just was able to eat the fruit of his life, that, that made my life better. I, I, find who? Because the reality, everyone is eating fruit off someone's life. It's no matter what are they eating. Does it look like this? That, you know, they just don't really brown and does it, does it, is it squishy? Is it, is it, oh God, I don't even want to eat this. It's just, it's just bad. It's just a bad banana. Some of us are feeding bad bananas. And they are. They're squishy and they're just bleh. And you know who they blame? You know who they blame? Jesus. And Jesus says, remain in me. Don't go it alone. Remain in me. Don't, don't, don't do it alone. Stay in me. Watch what I'll do. I'll deliver you. I'll bring you health. I'll take you out of your hurts. I'll take you out of your hopelessness. Remain in me and let people eat the fruit that is sweet, that their lives might be changed forever because you remained in me. That's the church. That's this church. What are they eating? See, over the summer, and I, I changed. I know we're talking about holiness, and I'm going to talk about holiness in this, this series, but as I was sitting in the bed on my back going crazy for three days in the hospital thinking about what, what I'm, I'm preaching around, I, I just felt like this change over the summer. I, I, I want to I wanna take some time with us as a church. I just want to rotate the crops of your soul. I want to fertilize your souls, if you'll allow me, if you'll allow God. I'm going to, I mean, very seriously say, I'm not asking for you to come every other week. I'm asking you to come every week as you can and, and have an expectation that God might do something fresh and new in your life. Why? Because Jesus wants to produce fruit in your life. Not for you, for others. You know why? Because Jesus said this, or, or uh, Peter said this in, in 2 Peter 3, 9. It says this. The Lord is not slow to fulfilling his promises, as some count slowness. But his patience towards you. God is patient towards you. Not wishing that anyone should perish, but all should reach repentance. Why is this, this whole thing about others? It's because other people are dying and going to hell. Because there's a church that is detached from the vine. And, and God is saying, or Jesus said in John 15, just remain in me. Let people, let people just grab a piece and eat it. Watch what he might do in the lives of others. And, and, and over this summer, I, I, I want to take some time when the land has become tired, I want to talk about that, that elusive goal of chasing happiness. 
where your land has become less fertile. I want to talk about what hope really looks like, where, where the resilience to, to, to God and, and sin has crept in. I want to talk about how you build strength, where the land has, has been eroded in your life. I want to talk about who the rock is. But then I want to, I want to shift into planting seeds. You planting seeds. Talk about the four soils. I want to talk about you watering the soil of God and the role that you play with others that you know. And then the why. We just read it, that none should perish. Look, I don't care if there's, I do care, but if there's 12 people who are willing to walk in this, I'd rather have 12 people. I'd rather have one person who's willing to walk in this than, than 5,000 that are just checking in for the day. So what I'm asking you is if you're coming, I'm not asking you to check in. I'm asking you to turn over the soil so that God might do a special work that others might know him through you. Because God has called you and I to go. And the hope of Christ Jesus lives right here in you and I when we have a relationship with him. That's what we're looking at over the summer. Why don't you join me as we we pray? Father, I thank you for this time, God, for these men and women that come to this church, God, that that, uh, know you and, and... love you. God, but I I just, God, I pray that uh, we would remain in you. God, over the summer that that as as we press in, that God, you would turn the soil, that that you would add the nutrients. God, that you would do a work in each one of us so that, so that someone would eat the fruit of hope. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.